it etched into my mind that anything you want to do, you can do it. Anything you set your mind into, mm-hmm. you can do it. Uh, with everything that I've been doing so far, especially with like things related to music, who from back home would have thought that a rapper will ever become a lawyer and while he was a lawyer he would have a music video with Mario Ozawa. <laughs> like yo that's that's on some different different type of you know you can't ever like you can't ever imagine that yeah. even if you are a writer that happened in real life so anything is possible now especially especially if you want to do something and you want to achieve something and the only problem is the resources Hey, 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 this is Edward, and you're listening to the Dreamcatcher Quest podcast. This show is about conversations with people who have magically and smartly achieved their dreams, their bucket lists, and life goals. Anyway, I hope you'd enjoy this episode, and happy dream catching! All right, so we're back at the podcast and today um, I'm going to introduce to to all of you um, the listeners of Dreamcatcher one of my friends from high school actually I think from from elementary so yeah yeah Uh, this person wow Um, I've seen him grow as well in different fields and then he became a lawyer and then music and we played skimboard together wow that's why when I saw him on Instagram I was like I'm going to invite this kid. <laughs> I'm going to let him hop in and just uh, tell the story of the gap that I wasn't able to follow. But anyway, um, here's Kim. What's good, Edward? Kumusta? How are you? Great, great. Um, thank you for having me here in your uh, little show. I'm very, very happy to be able to talk to you again after a very long time. So how do we start? Should I introduce myself? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, who you are, where you came from, your influences, and then we'll go from there. All right. Uh, my name is Kim David Obejas. My artist name is uh, Dead Key. I'm a rapper oh. from Tacloban City, and I also happen to be a lawyer, which is uh, that's my day job. So yeah, that's it. Amazing. Yeah, just just for clear context Tacloban is in the eastern Visayas region of the Philippines and we have a certain I mean a specific language one of the nine main languages of the Philippines which is Waray so yeah I think in this interview this will be highlighted in this podcast it will be highlighted very well because uh, for both of us uh, the Waray language is something that has a very big impact so yeah, um, so Kim is a lawyer, and Kim, I just like to ask, um, when you were growing up, um, what did you dream to become? What did you want to do, you know, if you were five, what did you want to do when you were an adult already? Well, as early as, uh, I think, uh, second grade, elementary, second grade, so I think that's about, what, uh, seven, seven or eight, eight yeah, years eight, old? Eight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I was already um, dreaming to become a lawyer. In fact, I would say that during um, introductions in class, my name is blah, blah, blah. My name is Kim David Obeas, and I want to become a lawyer. Um, this is because my father um, is a frustrated lawyer. He studied for the bar, and unfortunately, he wasn't able to pass. And because of the time he had to uh, work, um, I think, you know, the fear of being 
embarrassed or maybe um, the fear of failing that exam, which I I completely understand now that I I have I went through it. It's a very hard. It's very taxing uh, financially as well, mm-hmm. and it's emotionally draining to um, be trying to review for this big exam. A review um, goes as long as six months, and after oh. that, you you take the bar exam for four. That's whole day uh, oh, from eight in a month or four days. Four four days. That's four Sundays in one month. Ah, okay. Oh, I did Yeah, know. the Good the bar know. exam is 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 for one month. It's grueling. So, <laughs> yes, it is. It is, bro. Um, uh, imagine after um four years of college, mm-hmm. you take another four years of law school. Mm-hmm. So, um, in my case, I had to study full time. Uh, but but my father during that time he was already he was working while he was studying law as well, which is very hard. It's very hard. Um, you have to be prepped for class before going in. Otherwise, you'll be embarrassed every day. It's like you'll be standing up for the whole class if you can't answer the professor. Oh, it's it's that embarrassing because you know they train you to be well spoken. They train you to prepare to mm-hmm. speak about uh, your case. So yeah, it's a lot of recitations. Um, it's a lot of questions and answers, be- mm-hmm. like uh, before your classmates. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty, you know, pretty grueling. Uh, it gets embarrassing at times, you know, if you're not really emotionally prepared to be lambasted uh, in front of your classmates. You know, it takes a toll, bro. Um, really. Um, so after that, you graduate after four years of law school. You can't even really celebrate that you graduated from law school. <laughs> because you know that that's not it. Uh, after that, you have to take about six months review classes. That's also mm-hmm. every day. That's also every day until Saturday. Uh-huh. So it takes a lot of your time wow. and finances as well, because that's another you know thing you have to spend for the review classes. Um, well, it's 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 your choice if you're gonna study for the review. You, you're gonna enroll in review classes, but you know uh, you have to take advantage of everything that's available. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I took that, and after that, you take the bar exams. Mm-hmm. That's one month, four Sundays in the in a month. Um, the exams start at eight a.m. It ends mm-hmm. at six p.m. You only have mm-hmm. lunch break for the four Sundays. So what happens um, during the week before the next Sunday? That's mm-hmm. a lot of review time too. You study. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You try to, uh, you know, um, finish what you still haven't finished. That's when doubt kicks in. Like, oh, am I really prepared for this? <laughs> yeah, uh, bro. Because you're trying to cram four years of law school in a week for uh-huh. that exam. That's how it is, bro. And then after that, after the four days, four Sundays, you mm-hmm. have to wait another six months before the results come out. Uh-huh. So if you pass, you know, you you sign the role, you take your oath, and then you practice becoming a lawyer. But if you fail, that's mm-hmm. another year. It's going to take another year wow. to even get to the bar exam. And yeah, yeah, after yeah, that, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's 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 grueling. It's heartbreaking if yes. you ever, you know, mm-hmm. uh, fail that exam. So, yeah, um, from that, you know, I was inspired to become one because, you know, it was instilled in me that yo, this is a hard, yeah, it's a hard, it's a hard course, you know. It's probably mm-hmm. something good because you know my dad's been trying, my my father's mm-hmm. been trying to get it, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, from from 
at a young age, I was already primed to, you know, be a lawyer. But, you know, a lot of things happen along the way. Yeah. You get distracted. So, yeah. How did you make it fun? It seems like this whole thing is really agonizing. Where did you get the fun part of it? How did you make uh, it? It's, I think it's natural with me mm-hmm. to, you know, do things lightly. Mm-hmm. I wasn't really a serious guy when it comes to studies, like even, even when I was younger. So um, during the time I was studying, we studied together in mm-hmm. elementary school, St. Therese, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So you, I sh- I'm sure you're, uh, you know, more dedicated student than me. You were in the pilot <laughs> class, bro. Not really. You were in the, you were in the pilot <laughs> class. Uh, we were Boy Scouts together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to a, you got to the Eagle Scout. I didn't because I wasn't even allowed to go to the, you know, campings and stuff like that. My parents were really strict. I so, was. Were they? I didn't even know that, you know. Yeah, bro. <laughs> they were, like, super strict. They wouldn't uh, allow me to go to the campings, to the oh. activities in the Boy Scouts. And sh- so, mm. in high school, you know, there's still that, you know, that little bit of frustration. In high school, you were already an Eagle Scout. So, I trained for the Sea Scouts. That's why yes. we were training together. Yeah. During high school. Yeah. Wow. I could not even remember this. We climbed this. Uh, yeah, we had this death march. You were death with march. us. Yes. yes sir. That's one of the best experiences <laughs> I've ever had in my life. Good thing that you dig that up from. <laughs> wow, that was nice. I like that. I like that. Yeah. Bro, we go way back. We go way back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We had a lot of things that we did together. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just for context, this death march, um, it's not really a death march. We just called it a death march, but it's a grueling sort of physical fitness kind of test that was, um, I don't know, administered to Sea Scouts and then Senior Scouts. And then we went all together, two teams. Yeah. And it's more than 24 hours, nonstop walk, run, climb a mountain, whatever. And there was actually a catch there. They made us sleep for five minutes. <laughs> And then yep. we had to go up a mountain. It was, I don't know, it's a whole day of walk, jog, nonstop. So we had to prepare for that. And Overnight. Yeah, overnight thing. Uh, but it's beautiful. There's this part I could still remember vividly in my mind. Uh, going through this um, huge uh, grass. I forgot the name of the grass, but they're huge. And you have to sweep through them to go to to go through it and uh we arrived yeah. in a swampy area where the stars were a reflection on this very still swamp with fog i mean there was a fog little fog and then yeah oh it's total darkness you don't use any artificial light so that your you eyes can't use flashlights yeah yeah not even flashlights no nothing and it was kind of scary because that part there was rebel infested uh that's uh, right. Yeah. That's why we couldn't use flashlights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so and we were very young. Attention. Yeah, the funny thing about that was they required us to sign a waiver that if ever we get, we die along the way, nobody <laughs> would take responsibility. Do you remember that? My yeah, aunt yeah. didn't want to sign that thing. But me, I really insisted. I don't know. I just know that death was not there. But it was going to be fun. So, yeah. Oh, and there's yeah, also this... This part, Kim, I remember, I'm sorry to interrupt, but there's this part in this mountain in the, what is this range again in Leyten, Sama? I don't even the, know the mountain Amandu range. Wing. The Amandu Wing, is it? Is it? Probably. Probably that. I'm not but even anyway, sure now. <laughs> there's this mountain range 
And on a sort of, it's not a valley, but on a descent, there's a part called Tubakon. Tubak in Waray language is, means ants. And the moment you move or whatever, you, you make a vibration on the trees, all of these ants fall down to you. It's like a rain of ants and they fall, get into your shirt and they start biting. And in the dark, you just start to dance. <laughs> because of the pain. Yeah. What an experience. Yo, man, wow. We go back way back. I can't even yeah, remember. Man. remember. We used to race. We used to race. Uh, uh, what, what, what's, what's that called? The one sponsored by Bukid. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's like a yeah. adventure races. Yes. Carrera um, yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one, that one. You know what? who you did it with? I think it was my ex-girlfriend. Not me. Ah. Please? Yes, I'm a false Who? memory. Uh, Who that is? Who uh, that is? Well, well, that's for another day. <laughs> <laughs> that's for another day. <laughs> but anyway. Um, you want some yeah. cheese uh, No. <laughs> no, no. no. <laughs> Let's not get into details. But anyway. All so, right. All right. Yeah. So now this makes the whole, your character really, Shine, I mean, thank you for that memory. Uh, you mentioned in my mini survey, uh, become a lawyer with dread. What was with what's yeah. with the dreads? Why? Why? What's with the... uh, I think this came like later in life. I think my I think this um fascination with dread started when I was in um during my first year college. This is the time I was listening to a lot of Lil Wayne. Uh-huh. All right. All right. So I think I think I think Lil Wayne is like the the biggest influence mm-hmm. in my life. Like everything how mm-hmm. I want to look like eventually and what I did, you know, to get there. Mm-hmm. Um writing, making music, you know, the whole thing, the lifestyle, the Lil Wayne lifestyle except the drugs maybe. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he was a big inspiration. I like the way he looked. I like how he. I really liked his music, the content, everything, bro. During this time, he was starting to grow his dreads. And during my first year college, I started to grow my hair out. Mm-hmm. So after I think the first year, um, this was the time that I was forced to enroll in nursing school. Mm-hmm. Uh, just for context, um, during this time. Um, the there was a boom in the nursing industry. You know, everybody was trying to get out of the Philippines. So the easiest way to get out of the Philippines, get a higher paying job, is to become a nurse. You know, eventually you move out, you migrate either to the U.S., Canada, um, and find a high paying job there. So uh, my parents really encouraged me to take up nursing. So I, I had to, you know being the good boy that I am, you know, and that time I really didn't have a plan on what to study. So I took up nursing school for a year in St. Scholastica's College. Um, I hated it and I was scared of needles. Like I didn't, I didn't <laughs> want injections, bro. Um, I think there was a subject uh, wherein you had to partner up with a classmate and you start, you know, practicing how to inject uh-huh, uh-huh. and, you know, put ivy yeah you know 
I'm scared of needles, bro. I'm scared of injections. So I quit. I quit nursing school, and I was thinking, yo, I'm not. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna study anymore. <laughs> I'm gonna be. I'm gonna become a rapper. <laughs> I'm just gonna go become a rapper. So I grew my hair out. That's the first time I had my hair dreaded. I had dreadlocks during that time. It was short, short dreadlocks, just like Lil Wayne's first dreadlocks. Mm-hmm. So I had. I had my hair dreaded in this little shop in Tacloban. Mm-hmm. So I was super happy, you know, when you see mm-hmm. things like, yo, people are doing dreadlocks here. I can get my, I can get a dreadlock of my own. I can mm-hmm. get my hair dreaded. So I go there, you know, I pay, get my hair dread, dreaded. Amazing. That was like for maybe, maybe three months until yeah. I had to go back to school. <laughs> you had to cut it when you go back, when I, you went back? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to cut it. How did it feel? Felt <laughs> great. I, no, I mean, felt great. <laughs> uh, getting it cut, it sucks, yeah. bro. But you know, you had to, you had to have it cut so you can study. Like, ah, wow. School, they don't allow you to have long hair. Not just yeah. even long hair. They won't allow that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. where were we? Um. So yeah, yeah. 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 Lil Wayne. And, yeah, yeah. Just one question came about the dreads. Uh, I I know that there's sort of like it's a process, you know, to make these things. I I saw some people do it with a crochet or, but there's also one where you put a foil and then you warm the like you cook the hair. Was that I think, what they I, did to you? I think any? that's a a very old way of doing the dreads because mm-hmm. when I had I had mine the first time. Um, this was back in like '06. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was uh, crocheted. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like the burning with the foils, I don't think that's really helpful yeah, yeah. at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and plus it'll damage the hair. Oh uh, yeah, well yeah. And also I have one one question because to be honest, I want to try. I wanted to try that. It's in my pocket list now. Everybody yeah. around me, every single female character in my life, they tell me don't do it. Don't do it. It's messy. It's it messy. is. Oh, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. I have one question that really puts me in the level of maybe I will not do it or what. There is this rumor about what's his Mm. name? Bob Marley that he died because of lice infestation. I don't. Oh, it's possible that he had a lice infestation, but it really depends on the person with the dreads. Bro, like if for me personally, how do you? Clean I can't. It? How, I can't how, have that. I'm. I'm. I'm really. You know. I'm. I'm icky with like dirty stuff, bro. So when I had dreads, um, the the longest time I had dreads was the whole of law school and uh-huh. about one year of law law practice. I was a lawyer with mm-hmm. dreads for a year. You know, I made it. I I tried to extend that. For as long as I could as a first year lawyer. It's hard, bro. It's hard. Um, so I had my dreads when I entered law school. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first year of having dreadlocks, that's uh, the most critical stage of having dreads. Mm-hmm. You have baby dreads. You call that baby dreads mm-hmm. because, you know, we don't, I'm, I'm naturally curly. So uh-huh. yes, yes. I think it's, it, it, it sets faster than the usual, you know, Filipino hair. Yeah, yeah, trying yeah. to get dreadlocks, right? So um, the first year, during the first three months that you have your dreads, 
mm-hmm. um, it's gonna be a a lot of adjustments, bro. Because uh, I get I get the people um, thinking that people with dreadlocks don't really take a bath or really shower. Because here in the Philippines, apparently we're we're probably one of the countries wherein daily bathing is a thing, right? Like me personally, I'd really rather take a bath every day, twice, yeah. thrice a day maybe. But yes, yes. Um, in other countries, that's not a thing at all. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I understand, you know, the, the stigma that people with dreads don't really shower. Because a lot of people apparently, mm-hmm. especially in other countries, they don't really shower like, like we do, like Filipinos. Yeah. Right? That's yeah. one. That's one. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I get the I get the, you know, the notion that people with dreadies stink. I get that, bro. I get that. Because even if you don't have dreads and you don't wash your hair for three days, yeah. you know, it's gonna stink like it's gonna stink like yeah. uh mm-hmm. like pillows which haven't been washed for three months. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Like legit, legit, right? <laughs> so yeah, yeah. When uh, the first three months we, when you have dreadlocks, you have to really take care of your dreads. So uh, I schedule the washing of my hair. Mm-hmm. I don't wash it every day like, you know, the usual because uh-huh. it's really, you know, it's, it's fragile. Mm-hmm. It's not locked in yet. So when you rinse it with shampoos, because uh-huh. apparently, again, Filipinos love mm-hmm. washing their hair with shampoo. They do it every day. We condition our hair like almost every day. Mm-hmm. People in other countries don't do that. Mm-hmm. And it's not healthy like for have, the dreads. It's not healthy for uh, the dreads. Uh, also that, also mm-hmm. that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't wash it because, you know, when it's still a baby, it gets untangled easily. So it's, mm-hmm. the, the, the dreadlocks won't lock in. Mm-hmm. You know, it won't mature fast mm-hmm. enough for it to be, you know, a real dreadlock. Right, so you have to take care of it. I have to schedule the washing, mm. and then it's also expensive. Um, getting a dread, getting your hair dreaded in the Philippines by legitimate dread mm-hmm. artists is expensive. So uh, I remember paying about ten thousand pesos for uh, getting my hair dreaded, which I think, bro, like personally, I think is very cheap because of you know. Mm-hmm. Dreading hair takes a long time. Um, mm-hmm. The first time I had my hair dreaded, it took 13 hours, I think. Wow. So they had to do it in installments. So in a nah, way, that's the, you have to stop. It's like, I mean, it's, it's, somewhere. Pause. Yeah, they, they have to take breaks. They uh-huh. have to eat. All mm-hmm. of us, we have to eat. So, you know, I, I bring in food, you know, everything. <laughs> Just to make everybody com- comfortable, you know, yeah. during the process. So, yeah, yeah. It takes like that that wow. long bro oh, so Lord. it's kind of expensive if you really think about it, it it's expensive if you want to have it done right yeah, so yeah. every month you have to have maintenance if you don't want to mm-hmm. look like uh you know yeah. a hobo a homeless guy with dreads mm-hmm. so i had to do it twice a week mm-hmm. to have my hair maintained and i think maintenance costs around two thousand pesos each time but it also takes the- long what does like the maintenance? What do they do with the maintenance of a dread? Um, new hair growth. So every time you know your hair grows out, mm-hmm. right? It's not locked into the the new dreadlock. Ah. So it's it's kind of messy. Yeah, it's like you have an afro here and then you ah. have dreadlock. So they sort of realign the thing. <laughs> you you lock it in. You lock uh-huh. the uh, new growth in. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
during that time as well, so I did my research on how to take care of my dreads because I really wanted to, you know, mm. sport it for a long time. I was even thinking of, you know, having my dreads forever during mm. that time. So yeah, you also have to buy, you know, shampoos which don't mm. have scents yeah. because apparently <laughs> shampoos with scents, those are the number one stinkers. So, mm. you know, it leaves residue in your hair and head and scalp. <laughs> so if you don't wash it, Often, like you know, people without dreads, it gets uh, stinky after like maybe two days. Well, this, so this is a good tip have... for our listeners. So yeah, yeah, that's a good tip. <laughs> I like that. Oh yeah, um, I think uh, you have to find shampoos which are not unscented and which don't have parabens. I don't. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Even... Yeah, I I saw that here. Parabens free. I don't. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, interesting. Um, and there's also a special way, um, the process of washing your hair as well. Mm-hmm. So it's really, you know, it's it's time consuming. Mm-hmm. It's even more time consuming to dry your hair after washing it. So uh-huh. you have to, you have to take time. You know, it's not it's not yeah. the usually I wake up, shower, and then you're ready to go. So uh-huh. it's usually, if ever I wash my hair, it's the night before. Mm-hmm. Um, the next day. So yeah, yeah, you have to really, you know, you have to take time. You have to take care of your dreads. Yes, takes uh, a lot of money as well if you want to maintain your dreads. Yeah. Because if you don't, um, you know, it'll it it'll either mat together. It'll form bigger dreads, uh-huh. which is hard to maintain uh-huh. after because they'll rip out the dreads. So that you have to maintain the partitions between yeah. the dreadlocks. Um, another thing. You'll have problems with your scalp if you don't take care of your dreads. Mm. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's easy to have scalp problems when you have dreads because uh, it's locked in. So there are some parts which you can't reach. So you really oh. have to take care of your dreads, bro. So one um, one quick question, one quick question. Sorry, um, if this is if it's <laughs> if it sounds so agonizing. Why not mm. stay undreaded? Why did you go to the path of I want to become a lawyer with dread and um, live the grueling lawyer life and plus yeah. maintaining my grueling <laughs> dread dread yeah, yeah, yeah. regime? Why? Why? What? What's? Really I don't know. Um, I wanted to look a certain way, and you know, the process of the dreads. You, because 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 you know, it's it's a baby. You have to take care of it. You watch it grow. You know, you sleep with it. Yeah. You, like it's it's really like taking care of a pet, bro. The dreadlocks. It's it's more like of a pet. Like a Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. And then um, after a year, it, it gets easier because like the lower dreads when they mature, mm-hmm. they don't go out anymore. Even if you wash your hair frequent frequently mm. so um it's when, when your dreads are mature you can really do anything to it like i can go to the beach and not worry about the dreads you just have to worry about the top of your head when you wash it um i think it's it it, it was very fulfilling to me um because i first i wanted dreads i liked how i look as my hair as mm. my hair grew out you know mm-hmm. it became more and more beautiful and then there's a certain pride that you can keep your dreads super clean. Like everybody, everybody appreciates the dreads, bro. Like mm-hmm. even even my professors. Uh, that's one of the you know best things about uh, where I enrolled in Arellano mm-hmm. Law School. Mm-hmm. They accepted me, uh, looking like 
that you know i had dreads and mm-hmm. um there wasn't i didn't feel really you know singled out during mm-hmm. class um i i think it really helped me uh become a better student during that time because you know you have dreads you're gonna be a target like people are gonna uh, test uh, you uh, always bro it's like uh of course right. you do it's like you don't belong in law school look at your look at yeah, how yeah, you yeah. look yeah like yeah, yeah, why yeah. are you even here so people are gonna test you your classmates the professors they're they're gonna try the first mm-hmm. time mm-hmm. so you know it gives you uh more motivation mm-hmm. to study to be prepared you know mm-hmm. because they're gonna come at you you know that you know that already you know um deep in yourself you know that you're gonna get hit mm-hmm. every day mm-hmm. so that's why you prepare right mm-hmm. and then i think it doubles the mm-hmm. the reward yeah. for me mm-hmm. like so you get called up for class you know ah, i'll call mm-hmm. the guy with the dreadlocks <laughs> and then you can answer. It's like a uh, double satisfaction because uh, the professor who calls you uh-huh. and was going to just try to test you if you studied. Yeah. It's like double respect, bro. After after yeah. you perform, you perform well. Uh, it's like double respect. I like you. You got balls. Yeah, Looking you got like that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you got balls, bro. Nice. Also, um, I think during the time that I had dreads, I was more friendly. I mean, oh. I was more approachable just because of my hair, bro. Amazing. Alone, uh-huh. off the hair alone, uh-huh. people want to talk to you. Like in the street, in the malls, uh-huh. um, people want to talk about your dreads. Like, mm-hmm. um, of course, they want to ask. You still take a bath? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. The, that's the that's the first question usually. Um, you still take a bath? How do you wash your hair? You take a bath? You take a bath? I'm I'm gonna get them dreads because it's a bar topic. That's good. <laughs> it's a coffee <laughs> table topic. Wow. People it's a, it's, a, it's definitely a conversation starter. Uh, yeah. I think I seemed uh, more approachable during that time. Even when I was a lawyer, when mm. I was practicing law, um, I think it was you know. It gave me an appearance that I was more friendly. Uh huh. Correct. Yeah. 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 That's People, good. To be yeah, honest, yeah. I have this. I have this vision of in my head about you know I have a lot of lawyer friends and I'm sorry to say this but I just feel like well, you can spot out a law student right away if you go into a cafe because they're stressed. They're like, oh lord, like the world is ending. You see them and their eyes are like, uh, and they're, they have this big. <laughs> and i don't know um there's a i don't know if like this is like people if people can observe this like law students or lawyers they have to act a certain way true i think i'm a law student yeah but you know yeah yeah yeah. so i guess you know that made me more approachable because i had dreads you know Mm, they they think uh oh yeah let me let me ask about his hair first right um uh, there's like uh, like people. Sometimes they they really couldn't help it. They just just they come up to me and just touch my hair like, hey, <laughs> without without weird? without <laughs> without asking permission, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, what? <laughs> Good thing you didn't give them a hook right away. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. Because sometimes you know. It, of course, you know, they get curious and sometimes mm-hmm. like other people, other guys with dreadlocks are, I guess, more intimidating. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. 
definitely a conversation piece. That's why I loved it. And it's also a dream come true. I I had my hair dreaded three times before before that um that time where I had my dreads the longest. Mm-hmm. I had my dreads for about six years. So six it grew out six about years. Here. So your belly. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I still I still keep the dreads. Maybe I'll uh, uh, yes, because you can cut those and then just you know keep them and then add them back. Is it? Yeah. You could. Uh-huh. So um so I graduated from law school with my dreadlocks on. My only dream, because I already had a feeling that uh, it's gonna be very hard to get a job if mm-hmm. I look like this, right? Mm-hmm. But you know, uh, after after the bar, I just wanted to take a picture. Mm-hmm. Um, the after after you pass the bar, you you get scheduled for the oath taking. Mm-hmm. That's a different event, you know, where you pastors take their oath. You know, mm-hmm. um, the role signing where you officially sign in the role of attorneys of the Philippines. Ah. So every lawyer goes through that process. It's a it's a you know it's a ceremony. It's mm-hmm. a big deal. Mm-hmm. So I was really happy to be able to take my picture, you know, swearing oh, my oath as a lawyer yeah, with yeah. my dreadlocks. Yeah. Now, I remember uh, there was this uh, dean of, there was a famous dean of a school. He was also a photographer. Mm-hmm. There was this very nice picture that he took where I was there. Mm-hmm. My dreads hanging out. It was from the back. I think I think it was on purpose because uh-huh. I think he really wanted to like you know take a picture where um it could be seen that there's this guy this guy got yeah. bald swearing in with dreadlocks like that. So that I was very happy. And then during my role signing, of course I was I was with my parents. Mm-hmm. Um, the chief justice, chief, uh, he became he eventually became a chief justice. Mm-hmm. Uh, Justice Peralta. Mm-hmm. He was my bar examiner. He was my mm-hmm. bar chairman. Um, it just so happened ju- that during the schedule of my role signing, he was there. He came out and I met him personally. Mm-hmm. He congratulated me and we took up, we took pictures together with my family. Mm-hmm. And then we talked a bit, you know, he, he made, uh, um, a comment about my hair, of course. You know, <laughs> it can't be helped. Um, he just told me that, you're gonna have a hard time in court. Uh-huh. Uh, he's not. He wasn't. He wasn't really. I don't think it was his intention to mm. discourage me from sporting my hair. But yeah, you know, yeah. generally that would be the truth. Yeah. Yes. you're gonna make it hard upon yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to carry that look into mm-hmm. the profession, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, but yeah, I was determined to go ahead. Mm-hmm. I, I want to practice law with my my hair long like this. Uh-huh. So immediately after um after passing the bar before even role signing the roles bro this mm-hmm. is let's say 6 months before mm-hmm. uh being able to sign I already applied for jobs bro mm-hmm. like I had to go hand my mm-hmm. resume mm-hmm. personally to firms right mm-hmm. looking like that with yeah. grants and everything so um I was hired by this law firm mm-hmm. Uh, it's a small, it's a small firm, uh, only two partners and they had two associates. Mm-hmm. So, uh, when of the, when the managing partner interviewed me, I had dreadlocks, right? Mm-hmm. It went well. And I think he was impressed because I was so super confident when I talked to him. Um, let, let, let me, um, let me put context to that. Yeah. Right. You're applying 
in a law office. Mm-hmm. Um, here in the Philippines, there is a certain discrimination with mm-hmm. schools. Mm-hmm. You know that perfectly, right? Yeah. Um, especially here in Manila, yeah. uh, only only like the top, the top schools yeah. are you know given favors. Yeah. Uh, and I understand that because um, graduates from these schools usually are very excellent, you know, yeah, students. Yeah. Excellent the students. And eventually they become excellent lawyers. They become big people in the legal profession. Like they become chief mm-hmm. justices, um, heads mm-hmm. of office and all that. And I understand that. And, you know, it's very hard to get into these schools. Very hard mm-hmm. to um, keep the weight average high enough to be able to stay and graduate from these schools, right? So, yeah, yeah, I understand that. And, but, you know, I had to challenge myself. Let's see. Let's see how this goes. I want to interview it everywhere. Mm -hmm. Everywhere that they set me for interviews. Like, Mm -hmm. I think I gave out like 150 resumes, bro. Um, I walked. I just walked, bro. I had this folder with my resume. Walk uh, office to office, Uh handing out resumes you know, hoping to get a schedule for an interview. Uh-huh. And I think I really enjoyed that process because you get to talk to a lot of people. Sometimes you get to mm-hmm. talk to the partners themselves. Yeah, These uh, are, you know, top lawyers of the top uh, law firms in the country. Mm-hmm. And to be able to speak about, you know, your dreams and aspirations, looking like that, that was also already a dream come true for me. To be able to step into offices like that, talk to the partners like that, you know, and that time I wasn't a lawyer yet. We were still waiting for remember remember that we were still waiting for our bar results. Yeah, yeah. And I graduated from a school which is not counted as a top school here in the Philippines. Mm-hmm. So that makes it even harder. Uh, to give you context, uh, mm. there are offices, law firms mm. that won't even allow you to go up. Mm. They'll like guards, like guards will ask you which Where school are you from, and then. And then they'll tell you, yeah, yeah, uh, let me get your resume. I'll be the one to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, and of course, you know, man. you expect you won't get that call. But yeah. I understand that because, of course, as a, as a law firm, you want to yeah. keep up, you know, your, uh, let's say, the prestige of your firm. Yes. We only hire from a certain school. We yeah. only hire first owners like that. Yeah. And, of course, it's completely understandable. So yeah, yeah, I got hired in this small firm, and of course they asked me, "Are you? When are you gonna cut your hair?" Ooh, Lord. They asked me that first. Yeah, 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 because they they already told me that yeah. they'll hire me. They're willing to take me in, you know, mm-hmm. while waiting for the exam. Mm-hmm. And then they asked, "When are you gonna cut your hair?" So I told him, mm-hmm. um, "I know I'm gonna pass the bar." So. Mm-hmm. I was that confident, bro. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I was that confident that I'm gonna, I was going to pass the, the exam. Yeah. So I think um, they were impressed because I was really confident yeah. about things, about handling my business. And they were confident that, you know, I, I'm a man of my word. Uh, mm-hmm. I told them, just let me practice for a bit with my hair. Mm-hmm. I just want to take my picture in the role signing. When I take my oath, I want to have this look. So yeah. they allowed me, yeah. I stayed there for a year. And then, so, right, I was already practicing, right? I passed the bar, became a lawyer. I wasn't cutting my hair yet. Uh-huh. Because now I had the option, if you're going to force me to cut my hair, I'm just going to leave the firm. Nothing, right? Uh-huh. But, but, um, 
during my like this first year of practice, right? Um, it's very hard to get the confidence of your client looking mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. So now I understand that Why? here in the Philippines, it's mm-hmm. not enough that you're a lawyer. Mm-hmm. You also have to look like one. Look like, you know? yeah. Yeah, yeah, you have yeah. to look like one. You have to look the part. Uh, it becomes like uh, if you have, if you're gonna be serious about, you know, yeah, um, practicing at least, even especially in your first year, mm-hmm. um, it's very hard to ga- gain the confidence of your clients or would-be clients because mm-hmm. number one, you look super young, right? Yeah. They know you're inexperienced. Uh-huh. Number two, if you look like that, it, it's you know. Even if you're not a lawyer, you already get judged yeah, yeah, yeah. by society in general. You look like, a, mm. you know, like an addict. Yeah, Are you yeah. really a lawyer like that? So it was me who eventually mm. decided, you know, I'll, I'll cut my hair. Yeah. I'll try it out, you know, look like a lawyer. So it's like I said, right? Uh, when I had my dreads, I was super friendly to people. It seemed like I was more approachable. Mm. When I cut my hair, that was the time that like judges would like grill me bro like they'd try to grill me because i probably look like a young obnoxious lawyer <laughs> like, oh this is the new lawyer arrogant looking guy because i had like when i cut my dreads yeah uh, this was the time when um old school hairstyles mm-hmm. were coming back here in the Philippines, the ones with mm-hmm. the pomades. Yes. So yes. I got after I cut my dreads, I got into that. So yeah. I had um I had pumps, like small yeah. pumps. Yeah. And where where you comb your hair like that. I I have curly hair, so I really use a lot of, you know, mm-hmm. hair products mm-hmm. just to keep it um yeah. well styled, right? And I had my like this part here shaved. So I look mm-hmm. like uh yeah. A young military guy, uh-huh. you know, with, uh, yeah, with the yeah, comb yeah, over, yeah. right? Yeah. So I guess I look more aggressive than yes, the usual. Yes. Edgy, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so mm-hmm. of course, um, I was like thinner, skinnier back then, mm-hmm. looked more fit. And then um, because you have to look like a lawyer, you know, you have to dress a certain way, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and, you know, I really... Um, understand why people are so intimidated because we really do that on purpose we dress up number one to look good to yeah. be intimidating to others mm-hmm. maybe it's mm-hmm. part of the profession right um you have to look super professional mm-hmm. so the way we talk the way we like even the way we mm-hmm. shake hands mm-hmm. we study that you know it's part of the training as well interesting mm. so yeah um that's when I knew that it was the dreads that made me, you know, more approachable. Bubblier. Yeah. 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 Because when I, when I had my hair cut, people were scared of me. Yeah. Even the clients now, like they respect me more. Mm-hmm. When I say don't message me, they won't. <laughs> because when, when I had dreads, bro, mm-hmm. um, clients would go directly to my boss. Like mm-hmm. things they can ask me directly about the case, mm-hmm. they'd go up. And then my boss would yeah. call me. Yeah. So that's when I understood that I think they don't trust me. They're not really that mm-hmm. confident because they, mm-hmm. you know, it makes me look younger, mm-hmm. makes me look more inexperienced, you yes. know, looking like that. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Wow. What a journey for the dreads. <laughs> for the dreads, bro. It's like a, it's like a whole, it's like a whole life, whole different life. It's a dreads. character arc of its own. <laughs> 
<laughs> the own narrative. Well, wait a second. I, I was I'm listening to this story and I can't help but notice that you are also covered in tats, tattoos. And, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so now you're a lawyer, you have dreads. And when did this tattoo thing start? And how did it mix with the whole story? Um. Oh, okay. Um. Back when I was in law school, I had my first tats. Um, I had tattoos on my knees. But, you know, these things can be covered up, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then eventually down the line when I had, you know, extra money. Tattoos are expensive, by the way. If you want to get tattoos done right, look for a professional tattoo studio with, like, significant experience. Of course, they'll be more expensive than other tattoo artists. Mm-hmm. But it'll be worth it, you know. Don't ever, like, this is my advice, like, to people who want to get tattoos. Don't ever uh, cheap out on tats. Because this thing is forever, you know. You have to consider health and sanitary standards. Oh, yeah. Skill of the artist, you know. And, and mm-hmm. the, the type of inks that they use, you know. Mm-hmm. It'll definitely be more uh, costly if you go to the right tattoo artist, but you know, it'll be worth it in the long run because mm-hmm. um, you can see it in like the art itself, in the in the tattoo work itself, mm-hmm. and you'll see it down the line. Like when your tattoos are ten years old, you're gonna see the difference between a tattoo that's been done right and where you mm. scrimp out like people can see that yeah 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 immediately uh-huh. so right um i've always wanted to get tattoos mm-hmm. like ever since the lil wayne thing right yeah, yeah um but the thing is yeah i'm a new lawyer mm-hmm. tattoos are super expensive super expensive yeah. like these things are luxury they're not definitely not um i don't recommend getting tattoos if you don't have the money for it because it'll be costly and yeah that's where you start to scrimp out try to find cheaper artists oh uh, this is a whole nother commitment having that yeah. and another thing this will definitely affect um your chances of getting a job so that's one of the considerations as well um if you're young and you want to get tattoos i suggest you wait it out a bit like especially if you're still studying I suggest, like, if, you, if you're going to get it, you're going to get it, right? So I, I suggest you have, you have your tattoo somewhere where you can hide it first um, before going out into sleeves like this and even the neck tattoos. Because definitely, you know, it'll be uh, a hindrance uh-huh. in getting your, you know, getting a job. Definitely here in the Philippines, bro. Yeah, like, yeah. you can't hate on people not hiring people with tattoos. You know, you know that already. Like, yeah. uh, you can't have tattoos and like complain on social media. Like, people yeah. here, you already knew that before you had your tats. You had your chance not to get tatted up. Like, yeah. you have to think about it because this is a this like like I said, having tattoos is a commitment. This is a whole nother lifestyle which you have to carry for the rest of your life, financially, financially, and socially. Like, you're gonna get discriminated against what wherever you go like you have to be ready for that you you can't have this and complain yeah right interesting so i, I have it's to be very ready. interesting for me the social investment that there is just for i mean not just for but to have a tattoo it it, it makes me think about it like yeah, 
I didn't I didn't look at it that way. And the best person to ask is somebody who's living it. And yeah, that's true because in social media, I get a lot of rants from people who got uh, you know just got a new tattoo and they get stared at and whatever. And as you said, <laughs> you already knew that beforehand, and you had the chance before even delving, and you didn't take that chance. So I was like, yeah, that's true. It's it's, it's part I mean, of commitment responsibility as well. Exactly, exactly, bro. Like. Um, I understand that it looks cool. Sometimes you just want to look cool and sometimes you have people around you which makes it easier for you to get a tat. You have friends like, yo, can I tattoo you like for free? You have to think about that, bro. Like things like that, you have to think about like really, really long, bro. You have to wait it out. You have to weigh the consequences for yourself. You have to like look into the future if you can during that time. That's why I really um advice like especially the younger people who wants to get tattooed wait it out a bit like if if your parents are telling you not to get a tattoo maybe listen to that advice first especially if you're not standing on your own two feet bro you're living in your parents house you don't have a job and then you get tattoos well like that yeah. for me that's being irresponsible at a young age you're already acting out being irresponsible that's gonna have consequences for the rest of your life you know so you have to be prepared for that oh that sound i mean that's a sound advice uh, wow um i didn't look at this at uh, this topic or even this phenomenon from this perspective really it's so remote in my head um i like people with tattoo but i never really understood that uh there's even a divide between two I mean in the two in the community of people with tattoo like people who just you know come novice with not like a new tattoo and then they get stared at and then suddenly they just go all over social media just you know make a hype about the tattoos being you know discriminated or whatever but then here are also some people who would say you know what you already knew what you were going to get anyway so why complain exactly. <laughs> yeah in- like interesting to, like, yeah um with everything in life with everything bro you have to be responsible um you already know the consequences you already know the world you're living in all of your actions may have consequences you have to be ready mm-hmm. you have to first if you like take any steps or if, if you're planning steps in any aspect like um financially socially you know you have mm-hmm. to take in the consequences uh, and you have to be ready to take responsibility for your actions for me it took a long time for me to get here to get sleeves up uh, financially that's the first because you know like i said it's very expensive mm-hmm. um financially as well because you know um at this point in my life right now i'm very confident that i can um find a job with these on me right yeah like, i'm very confident now that wherever i go um i can fend for myself like i can live i can make mm-hmm. money you know not of course not you won't expect yourself to be mm-hmm. you know working in more corporate mm-hmm. settings right mm-hmm. because you have these um so you know you have to know when the time is right for you to get speed up it depends on, on on your plans really you know you can't yeah. expect to be accepted everywhere looking mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. you already asked for that you know mm-hmm. when you started the like the tattoo journey so yeah yeah another mm-hmm. thing um socially mm-hmm. you know um of course you have to think about your parents too bro like um mm-hmm. no parents would really encourage their children to have tats right mm-hmm. right um so i think 
of course that you know that worry comes from the financial aspect of mm-hmm. aspect of this you know they're they're scared that you won't have opportunities you can't get a job and that's mm-hmm. correct bro mm-hmm. that's that's why you have to listen especially if you're younger yeah. um because sometimes you know you just see ah, i just want to be cool i don't care about getting a job <laughs> things like that but you know you, when you're younger you know you could care yeah uh, yeah 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 that's about you know being financially stable, being yeah. responsible for your own self. Correct. So yeah, correct. yeah. Right now, you know, um, I'm very blessed to be able to move how I move. Right. Mm-hmm. To be to have a job that keeps me paying the bills mm-hmm. for myself, and to be able to still help out with the family because you know oh. I'm the eldest son. Mm-hmm. Um, my Youngest brother just recently graduated and he passed the bar exams too. Now he's gonna be a lawyer as well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that that took a long time, and you have to step up. You know, you have to step mm-hmm. up for your family. You have to be responsible. So it's like me. I live two lives mm-hmm. at the same time. Me being the artist, like trying to look a certain way, mm-hmm. and that's also an expensive lifestyle right there. You know, making music, looking mm-hmm. like a rapper. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you have to carry yourself, mm-hmm. but of course, you know you have to live the other life too—the the professional. Yes, that's mm-hmm. also another lifestyle mm-hmm. that you have to live. Certain type of uh, way of dressing. Yes, mm-hmm. you know, it's also expensive to even keep that up as well. Um, you have to, you know, be able to keep a job to pay the bills. You know, yeah. to help your family out. Can't shy away from responsibilities. You know, um, I think you know that what it takes to be a real man and you can't complain yeah you yeah. have to make it work you have to find ways to make everything work yeah yeah yeah, yeah. If you want to carry yourself a certain way you know you have to pay for that hmm. you know it's it's not easy but you know um if you want to do what you want to do you have to be responsible right great i wanted to touch about the you know the the artist kind of uh lifestyle as well but before i go into that i would like to ask uh, what kind of design did you uh, decide to put it, to have as a sleeve or as a tattoo and is there an emotional like oh, yeah, yeah. reason for that uh, something yeah all right um so for the longest time you know i i wanted tattoos that was set like hmm. i want to get um, there's this line uh, from one of Lil Wayne's song where he says, "Body marked up like a subway in Harlem." Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So he's saying he's tatted up. He's he's covered yes. in tattoos like a subway in Harlem. You know, yeah, Harlem, yeah. New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of graffiti in the subway yes, system, yes. right? Mm-hmm. Um, that alone, you know. See, I remember. I remember. I still remember that line. Body marked up like a subway in Harlem. Like. From that moment on, like I knew I was gonna be tatted up all over my body. It's not gonna be enough that I have, I can say I have tattoos. Mm-hmm. It has to be like covered up, right? Mm-hmm. You have to adjust as well. Like you can't have any tattoo on your body. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be forever. So it took a long time for me. Uh, it was uh, the whole time I didn't have tattoos and I wanted tattoos. That was me studying. Mm-hmm. researching it's, there's a lot of research there was a big point in my life uh probably my first year of college um mm-hmm. i got like i'm a reader i like reading mm-hmm. books so during this time um oh um for background i studied mm-hmm. we studied we both studied in a catholic school 
Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. I'm a practicing Catholic. That's mm-hmm. a big thing. My family is very devout. My father was supposed to be a priest. He studied in the seminary mm-hmm. until he was, um, this was before he was to be a deacon. Mm-hmm. Then he got out of the seminary. So mm-hmm. all my life, uh, um, there's a lot of, you know, religious practices, especially. Yes. Um, I have very devout people around me. Mm-hmm. I go to church every Sunday, all that, all, all that. Um, and then I studied my, I myself studied in the seminary for a year. I didn't know. Um, <laughs> um, you did? Was, yeah, I did second year high school, bro. I just went back to Lady High after. Uh, <laughs> yeah, okay. So, um, of course, you know, I was reading the Bible a lot. And during my first year in college, um, I got into reading a lot of books about philosophy, you know, um, the questions of why we are here, why we're yeah. living, right? All yeah. that. I read through that. Um, and then eventually, um, I got into this, um, to- the topics of immortality. Like, uh-huh. why, uh, why man searches for immortality? Why, why do we even want to be immortal? That one, that part. So I studied a lot of books surrounding that topic, uh-huh. from spiritual books, from the Bible. I studied the Bible all over again, looking for mm-hmm. like signs, references, where it says mm-hmm. why people want to be mortal. Mm-hmm. The epic of Gilgamesh, Gilgamesh and all that. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, you know, all these things eventually gets into aliens. Uh, Big uh, alien head, bro. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I think it's cool. I think um, a lot of topics really touch on, you know, ancient civilizations. I know not see all of these things. Exactly, bro. Uh, I read I a lot of that, <laughs> Like, I was into that, bro, to the point that, like, my studies brought me into different, like, sets uh-huh. of, mm-hmm. um, let's say, knowledge. Mm-hmm. I went into uh, demonology. I studied angels, I studied mm-hmm. like aliens and the sciences behind all of yes. that too as well. Uh, and the philosophy, um, because it says like all of these ancient philosophies come from the ancient knowledge of aliens and all mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. So it also touches upon um, the search of man for immortality. Mm-hmm. And then from there, you get connected to tattoos and immortality. Mm-hmm. So there are a lot of cultures who um, really got tattooed because their search for immortality. You know, uh, one book says, you know, people got tatted up. They want to be recognized by the gods in the afterlife. So that's why all your tattoos are a life story. That's right? cool. Whoa. So yeah, yeah. Um, so that melded with my thirst. Uh-huh. Uh, for tattoos as well because yeah exactly like yeah. i want to be immortal i want to i want to live forever too i want to find that like fountain of youth and all that bro mm-hmm. like it just you know and i think that's part of um the usual thirst for knowledge of each 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 man bro mm-hmm. like it just depends on each man if they want to search for that knowledge and how they do how they go about it so me yeah. it's just about reading books mm-hmm. and trying to practice what i can practice you know yeah. try it out you know uh-huh. um so then it eventually led me to like watching a lot of documentaries and movies mm-hmm. so there was this one movie it's called apocalypto i don't i'm yeah yeah i'm I watched sure it. Yes, you watched that right yeah yeah mel gibbs oh. 
when I watch that movie, has like super close parallels to the stories of our people. Yes. The Bisaya. Yes. yes. The ending, the ending of Apocalypto, mm-hmm. it yeah. feels like us. That was yeah. us too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They you look right? into the, the Discord and then there's the Galleons came in. Right? Yes. So, yeah, it's giving me goosebumps right now. We're talking <laughs> about this. So, um, because uh, the Mayan people were also tatted up almost mm. the same patterns as we have. Mm. Right? So I searched that in the history books, how, how these designs uh, traveled from one place to another. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, I learned that the Polynesian people, people in... Um, Micronesia. The, what do you call this? Um, like the Pacific Islander yes. people, right? Mm. I still carry the tradition of tattoos up until now. The Maori, yes. Yes. The, the Tongans, you know, mm-hmm. they still carry that like mm. up until now. But in their own in their own histories, bro, the tattoo culture was also eradicated by their con like oh, yeah. by their conquerors. The, you know. Yeah, because they tried to e- eliminate all of the connection between the old ways and the new ways. They wanted to integrate people, yeah. right? So tattoos were banned for mm-hmm. a long time. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, the, like for example, the Maori, they just rediscovered that connection between the tattoos. So, like, it's a lot of, um, a lot of younger mm-hmm. generations that really embraced that culture and yeah. brought that culture back of tattooing and mm-hmm. getting facial moko. You know, mm-hmm. because of course, like us, like like any normal conquered people, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we assimilate, right? We integrate with sure. the society that they gave us. Mm-hmm. So the pride in wearing mm-hmm. your ancient markings, they rediscovered that as they practice it until now. It's like now it's it's super prevalent even with the younger generation. Mm-hmm. People um serving in public, like we see mm-hmm. congressmen, we see like uh, people in big government offices in those places, they support mm-hmm. the moko because yes. now it's a, uh, it's back to its original form, that sporting mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, yes. So yeah, yeah. I found that connection and then I found, um, yeah, reading through all of that, I found mm-hmm. this group on the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, they are Americans, but they mm-hmm. were practicing and designing ancient um tattooing practices like the old patterns they were studying it and and Mm -hmm. what those patterns meant so i studied that as well you know and then for a long time i was looking for people who can design like my tattoo for me the bisaya way because there are here in the philippines there are different tribes different places so there are different styles of tattoos i don't know if that's Mm -hmm. Um, like I'm, I'm, I'm saddened by the fact that we didn't know that during our elementary years. Like it's not being yeah. taught in school, so you know it's it's yeah. sad, bro, because um, it's so beautiful. Like it um, is. like even our dialect, it's not being taught in school formally. So it is kind of sad for me, and I, I hope for the time that um, it'll be taught to our children. Because yeah. me, I plan to teach it yes, to my yes. children. Like yeah, the yeah. tattoos, the old songs that we still yes. know about today, right? Yeah. Can I butt in just a little? Um, Go ahead. Even that, no, I got it from you. You said our dialect. And to be honest, to be honest, deep inside my heart, there's this, oh, this cringe. Sometimes I want to just 
Mm, I, maybe deep inside, I'm a Warai warrior just saying that, no, it's not a dialect. It is part of the nine main languages of the Philippines. There was one um, from, my, from the same university I, I worked with, a certain event, whatever. And they were, we were making this huge event. Eventually, I was making the videos. Now, these are like, uh, how do you call that? Text-based videos, you know, where you just have background. There's text that people read, whatever. So I made those videos into a template where I could change the languages. So there's Tagalog, English, and then I made a Warai one. And there was the remark that, ah, yeah, it's also good to use the dialects from... And I was just... My my ears were burning. I was like, what, what did you say? What did you just say? It's not a dialect. Go back to UP and go to the linguistics and just understand it's from the main languages. And... That's why, in in my own way, um, my daughter, I you know, we live here in Europe. So my daughter, I really sort of it came out naturally for me uh, as part of my traveling, also all over the Philippines to get immersed into different subsets of people, understanding the myriad of of languages, dialect, listening to different kinds of Bisaya, understanding the different kinds of you know Warai. Uh, here in the house, we speak Hungarian, Serbian. And then my daughter, now, I teach her to wash her hands. It's pure warai. It's a delight, man. I, I don't know. I could not explain it to other people, especially if you are in a foreign land and your daughter supposedly, you know, just going to be framed into the land. Yeah, I get that, bro. Then, they, then she starts to speak. Mahagut, mapasu. And then... And then, you know, it's a little, it's a, it's a, a toddler, two years old, she speaks Warai and understands Warai. So all my relatives scattered all over the planet, <laughs> they already started to embrace, you know, even, even my mother, she rarely speaks Warai, she speaks Tagalog most of the time. And then suddenly I said videos of my daughter understanding fully Warai and I'm just, I'm so happy about it. But anyway, I digress. So let's go back. <laughs> let's go back to the tats. And why did you choose, uh, you know, these kinds of tats? So yeah. <laughs> so yeah, um, I was researching, mm. and you know, I, that's when I knew that there were different patterns used by different, you know, mm. um, people in the island, and we had our own uh, certain types of patterns and. I wasn't really content with what I could read off the internet. Mm. And, you know, sometimes it just, um, I don't know if it's just me, but mm. I hate the fact that I have to like go through a lot of processes just to read a book in a library that's supposed to be public. I'm yeah. talking about UP, that's one, you know, <laughs> or Athenaeus Library or USD's library where you can't go there on a, yeah. like a normal day like i want to read about this yeah you can't you can't just go up there and like read about it right mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. i end up you know trying to look for resources on the internet mm -hmm. and trying to buy a lot of books off the internet which mm -hmm. they sell for a higher price mm -hmm. you know of course yes. a lot of thrift uh thrift bookstores on the internet you know yeah, yeah. that's a thing mm -hmm. And then, yeah, back in Tacloban, there was this guy. Uh, his name is Agit. But, you know, he passed away with his family uh, during Typhoon Yolanda. Oh, yeah. It's very unfortunate. Yeah. So this guy, this guy was the first guy 
I saw with tattoos that looked like the patterns for Visayas. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. ones in the Boxer Codex, you know, yes. had to have a mm-hmm. big flower here. And mm-hmm. yes, yes, yes. So he was the first one. And I already talked to him about having tattoos which were supposed to be designed by him. Mm-hmm. So it took a long time, bro. Like, it was still mm-hmm. expensive. It was, I knew that it was going to take long during that time to, for my for myself to get started on the tattoo project. But I was already set on having Visayan pattern mm. tattoos, you know, like Visayan pattern warrior tattoos. Yeah. Because we um we're both from the we're mm. both from the same place, right? Mm. Like growing up, you and me, we used to see the fiesta in Tacloban, the Pintados yeah. Fiesta. Yes. You yes. know, where people get painted up, you know. Got mm. it got, you know, Got messed up along the way because it became like colored paint, but it was supposed to be yeah, a celebration right. of us being tattooed and marked people. Yes, yes, right. Yes. Mm. So um, that inspired me. It's like I'm from here. Mm. I represent this, mm. and I wanna, you know, I wanna bring it back too. Like the people mm-hmm. in the states that are trying yeah. to get a connection to the mother country, right? Because mm-hmm. I get them. Like, like what you said, bro. It makes you even more prouder of your heritage when you're mm. away from yes from your mother um, your birthplace, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it, it 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 gets you closer. Yes, mm-hmm. you take it to heart. You know, it, mm-hmm. it's more sentimental to you mm-hmm. to be able to hear and use your native mm-hmm. language, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you know, eventually, like represent to the mm-hmm. where you're from, right? Mm-hmm. So. Part of it is, you know, I want to bring tattoo uh, culture back, you know, and make it um, something to be proud of rather than be ashamed. Like, like um, during this time where I was you know, reading about tattoos, mm-hmm. um, this was also the time where I knew about Wang Od. Yes. So mm-hmm. I went up to Wang Od and got tattoos from her as well. Uh, this was in 2015, and I was very fortunate that. Uh, I was able to go there and uh, mm-hmm. get full tats from Wong yeah. Because right now, she's like older now. She only yeah. uh, tattoos dots now. Yes. Um, yes. So, yeah, yeah. Mm. And then, um, when I got there, of course, you mm. talk to the locals. And mm. um, this, this, this like, uh, particular um, instance struck me. Mm. Because when I was going there, right, I was on the way to... Uh, Kalinga, Wangwood's place. Mm-hmm. Takes a long time, takes a lot of rides. Mm-hmm. Um, I was on this, uh, you have to take a bus from Baguio to Bontok. And from Bontok, there's only one jeepney a day going to the foot of the mountain where Wangwood's mm-hmm. village is. There's only one jeep a day, bro. That's 2 p.m. Mm-hmm. So I was on this jeep from Bontok to uh, the foot of uh, Wangwood's village. So I think I was the only... We were the, like, me and my office mate, we went mm-hmm. there together. Mm-hmm. I think we were the only two people on the Jeep that were not local. Mm-hmm. So this guy, this this guy, old old guy, you know, mm-hmm. looks made, had rings, you know, I, it, mm-hmm. he looked like a businessman. Mm-hmm. Um, he was shopping for, you know, his wares for the day. Mm-hmm. A lot of, uh, a lot of soft drinks, a lot of mm-hmm. chickens on the way, yeah. like, if you, you you drive through the market on the way, literal drive through, bro. You drive mm-hmm. through the market like they buy whole chicken. Yeah. Right? So this guy asked me, "Where are you going?" Uh huh. So 
I told him, oh, we're uh, we're going to Wang Od's uh, place. Mm-hmm. And he asked me in a mocking manner. Like, mm-hmm. he wasn't even shy about mocking yeah. me. Yeah, right yeah, in yeah. front of me. He was like, huh, you're going to get tattooed? And he was laughing about it, bro. And of course, I understood immediately what that meant, bro. Because, mm-hmm. um, like I said, being conquered people, Mm-hmm. During their time, maybe their time growing up, it was already shameful to get tattooed. Yeah. So this guy doesn't have tattoos, right? Um, the Christianization and you mm. know, um, yeah. That time they were, you know, trying to get people educated up in the mountains. You know, mm. maybe it was very shameful for people to get tattoos. Mm. So they sh- like it was a shift. Yes. Um, if you had tattoos, you you were a proud man because you know you mm. had to do yeah. things to earn your tattoo. Mm. It wasn't. It, it's not. It's not a fashion thing. Mm-hmm. Like from the very beginning, it's never yeah. a fashion thing to get tattoos like that, right? Um. So he he was laughing that people from all over the world spend cool. this much money and spend you know try to ride raggedy jeeps up the mm-hmm. mountain just to get tatted and robbed by. Wang Od. Because, bro, Wang Od really made a lot of money doing this. Mm-hmm. Relatively, right? In, in in her village, she's like the breadwinner of the whole village just mm-hmm. because of the money coming in from tourism, from people yes. trying to get tax from mm-hmm. her. And of course, they live a certain way. You have to re- be responsible for the whole tribe. Mm-hmm. You're not just providing food and mm-hmm. um, money and like added resources to even put up classrooms and mm-hmm. you know health centers in the barangay. She's responsible for all of that, bro, wow. because of the amount of money that she's getting. Wow. So, you know, this guy's like, mm, you're yeah. coming you. here all the way, blah, blah, spending yeah. a lot of money just to get that tat. You know, it's shameful mm. to get a tat like that. And they really couldn't, like, I think mm. they couldn't understand this shift yes. in, like, you know, the interest in getting a tat. From how, how did you react to it? No, I just laughed. I just laughed. Huh, mm. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to get tat. Mm. <laughs> because, like, for me, it, you know, it was a loaded question already. But I I, I understood where they True. were coming from as well. True. So, yeah, yeah. So, you know, deep in my mind, I'm imagining, like, we as Warais, we were a proud people with tattoos as well. Mm. I just want to bring that back and represent. And, you know, sometimes these things will, you know, happen. If eventually it happens, but it'll be, it'll take a long way. It'll take a long time for us to be at par with how the Maoris accept yeah. the yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. tradition, right? Yes. So me, personally, I just want to live my life, like, have yeah. these marks. Mm. Um, Beautiful. I just personally research. Mm-hmm. Uh, these patterns. So I was uh, the one who designed the way yeah. my tattoo would look like. Looks. Um, and I wanted it to be as traditional yeah. as it could be. You know, I only um, chose the patterns that were predominantly used by like the ancient people. Yes. So it's mm-hmm. mostly a lot of snakes and crocodiles. In- yeah, yeah, yes, yes, yes. Um, these are called labid the lab lines, the zigzag lines. Right. So it's usually the back of the snake or the back of the crocodile. Yeah. So you know the uh, snake you, scales. Yeah. Oh my! I would love to have that. So I'm calling out my wife now and my mom you and every other female character. Gotta represent. 
you because can... you know, um, <laughs> of course, I won't hate on people who want to stylize their tattoos. Yeah, you know, there are a lot of patterns like that mm. look like um more Polynesian patterns where yeah. you know they revolve around. You know, yes, looks yes. better. Definitely, they look better. But for me, I wanted to be as traditional as possible. What we see in the Boxer Codex, how mm. the Spaniards described how the two, mm. the tattoos look like. They look like lines. Yes, yes, yes. Lines, you know, and you know how uh, they were depicted in the textbooks as well. Yeah, we're not sure if they were accurate, but mm. that's how I learned about it, and that's how I want to represent myself yeah. as well with the tattoos. Yeah, right? yeah. Um. So yeah, yeah. I decided to get tatted up. I even have it. The, pinta- the full pintados on my body right now, bro. Ah, oh, that's nice. Oh, every, every other people who knows me would say, ah, they're cringing now. Me, me saying, oh, that's nice. <laughs> but it is really nice. Uh, I, to be honest, it's, it was kind of um, kind of difficult in a way. I mean, I came from UP, University of the Philippines, just for full context. Uh, this is the biggest university in the Philippines. Uh, literally University of the Philippines. And um, I thank my university a lot for the idea, for the culture that was instilled in me. And um, it was the heritage that really stayed with me. Uh, even after the university life was done, I started working wherever. Uh, most of the people I know from my university, they became anti-systemic because it, in a way, uh, when we started working in banks, corporate world, I think it is because of the clash between a Western kind of um, ideology, capitalistic kind of, you know, life, um, clashing with the cultural and heritage-centered kind of culture that is, uh, you know, born out of studying in the university. And I got that. I I knew what I got myself into uh, when I got out, when I finished the university. I knew that out there was a world that was uh, not pro um, Filipino culture, you know, in the Philippines in itself. How much more when you got into Europe with other Filipinos, you know, um, or you got to South America, you got to other countries, you get to visit places. And I, I would always be, I had this cringe inside of me oftentimes when our hospitality is used against us and we accept it in a way. Uh, we go to other places not knowing who we are, not knowing who we are. We always just say yes to other cultures because we do not know what we can say about ourselves. And it truly breaks my heart, uh, to be honest, Especially, you know, you go to Florence, the capital city of art in the world, and then people would always, uh, would like ask you, oh, so you're from the Philippines? Yeah, I'm from the Philippines. Ah, uh, uh, beautiful beaches and everything. That's it? In my head, I was like, that's it? No, that's not it. You come to the Philippines and you will see a heritage so rich. It's just not in the books, nor promoted in media. And it really, it just breaks my heart because other Filipinos, especially those who, who grew up in Manila, they don't know. They don't know up until they get to Visayas or Mindanao or the north. Somehow, in a way, I would say that the tourism industry helped in a way to make us aware of who we are by opening up to places in the north, like how you did, you know, it's a, uh, uh, how you went to Bontok. Was it Bontok? And then, yeah. yeah, me going to the south, meet 
the natives in like Mati. I, I went there. Uh, I climbed the up. I like I climbed Apo through South Cotabato, and I, I I met several people. I knew that I know that there are headhunters in the south, the Tausugs. I know that there's mummification in the north. I met I talked with some travelers over beer, and I want to see that. Uh, there are mummies that are hanged in the in in yeah, the hanging coffins. walls. There's more than that. Um, that in the north, if you if you do harm to one in their tribes, their whole tribe will go and get you. It still exists, and the police know that, and they can't do anything. Yes, and sir. the Warais, um, we <laughs> I don't know if I should be proud of this, but in ancient history, um, one of the chieftains of, of this Warai uh, boat sailed to China to be like a pirate, and in the end ended up uh, befriending the emperor. And you can see in Chinese history, there's there's a talk of, of this tribesmen from the Philippines. Yes, sir. Who wasn't even able to get back anymore. Uh, died there, became a very close friend. They were covered in tattoos. Like, you know, these are things that have to be said when you are in front of another culture. But you don't because all you know is McDonald's and everything like, you know. <laughs> and everything. See, I'm, not, yeah. I'm, not saying, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying that if you are already, <laughs> if you're if you're one foot in the door already to sell whatever it is that is nice that you see in a metropolis like Manila, the other foot is still there. Your heritage is still there. Get in, like immerse yourself. Um, and I hope that media plays a big part with this. Uh, my son, his name is Alon. I named him specifically with a name, a Filipino word. So I would have named him Balud. But <laughs> just for it to be um, easy for bro, him. This is funny because, <laughs> you know, I've been telling my girl about that. Like, I'm going to name my children Uran and Balud. Yes, Uran. Oh, my. That's a beautiful name. Uran. Yeah, I would, bro, ah, exactly. Like, rain and I want to name my children Uran and Balud and Sirak. Yes, yes. like, Sirak. Like, really oh, real. Beautiful word. Right? Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, there was already this like sort of movement earlier than us, bro. Like, uh, um, I have younger batch batchmates who are named Ligaya and all of that, you mm -hmm. know. Mm -hmm. But but really, I wanted to like like put a like level up. Yes, yes, that's true. Be specific, like Uran, yeah, yeah, yeah. Be yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. Yes, yes, that's and, true. And, Eventually, eventually, like I envision it to be something to be proud of rather than to be laughed about. Like, yes, to be named Uran or Sirak or yes. Balud is gonna yes. be something mm -hmm. to be proud of. It's something to be prestigious, you know. Yes, yes. I think, I think there will come a time that yeah, yeah, that yeah. will be a thing as well. Yeah, I'm gonna join that movement. <laughs> I'm gonna join that. It's either I'm gonna start that or I'm gonna join that. <laughs> but yeah, um, I think we're we're getting uh, because of social media. That's the reason also why I I started podcasting because I just think that maybe in some way I could make a little push for the cultural heritage, my cultural heritage, just to just to make it exist. To be honest, I had a professor in the university. Of the Philippines, her name was Dr. Alunan. Uh, originally, she's from Dumaguete, so most likely she would be speaking Kiligaynon. No, she learned Warai. She's far better than any other person 
what I person I know. She knows a lot. She can speak. You know, her diction is so good. Her vocabulary is so wide in what I. I was just so ashamed of being. <laughs> Bro, like me, I'm 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 ashamed of how low my what I vocabulary is. Like like yeah. this is this is this is legit. I'm I'm I talk about this all the time too with like people in the music scene because right now I'm trying to do a lot of songs in Warai. Mm-hmm. Like even if I'm here in Manila, mm-hmm. uh try to make it a point that I still do a lot of songs in Warai and I perform all my Warai songs here in Manila. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, it's it's going to be harder for you to get yeah. gigs because people can't understand you. It's going to be yeah. hard to vibe um mm-hmm. like with you speaking mm-hmm. in Warai. But, you know, some times it just um confuses me how people can appreciate other uh languages here in the philippines like korean k-pop yeah. me myself i like a lot of japanese rap i yeah, like yeah. korean rap mm. i like french i i listen to a lot of italian drill mm. you know mm-hmm. and for me to be you know to be listening to these um new the, the, the music in languages which i like honestly i can't understand all mm-hmm. of those mm-hmm. you know i sometimes look for the meaning of the mm-hmm. songs in the sure. rap genius but mm-hmm. i can vibe with the song so i just want that type of vibe when i perform here in manila but to be honest i'm i'm not good in warai i was true. trained to be you know i we were trained especially yeah. in elementary to be uh to to speak well in english Mm-hmm. to write in english and honestly i was writing a lot of my rap in english uh the first few years that i started rap it was so hard for me to write mm-hmm. in what i i tried writing in what i when i was in first year college already mm-hmm. and that took a lot of effort a lot of work because yeah. i had to look for a what i thesaurus which mm-hmm. is very hard to come by Exactly. I don't know, like yeah. I think I bought my Warai book outside the country, bro. <laughs> it's mind blowing. It's mind blowing that I can't find uh, a Warai dictionary or a thesaurus in Tacloban, in Leyte, where we uh-huh. speak Warai. Yeah. I think I got that off the internet from another country. Mm. Um, there's this guy, my friend. Um, he's also a rapper. He's my groupmate in our Warai Warai group, Agaron. Mm-hmm. He's Norwegian, um, but mm. his mom is Warai from mm-hmm. Samar. Mm. Um, during the first times when we got to know each other, he was still in Norway that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, we would just write to each other through email and in mm. Friendster and Facebook, right? Um, when he got when he moved here to the philippines in 2012 he brought two dictionaries with him in warai and we use that to write oh, bro dude. like it's like i speak warai on a daily basis yes my family is here in 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 manila as well mm-hmm. but when it comes to writing raps i still need like warai warai dictionaries i still yeah. uh like honestly i i use this site called globsbe this automatic translating website yeah. on, on the internet mm-hmm. it's usually a lot of texts in the bible like even rappers mm-hmm. back home mm-hmm. we uh we get our what i vocab from the bible the what i what i mm-hmm. bible mm-hmm. because that's the only book that that's ha- that has a lot of available uh translations 
on the internet and you know published books. I gotta have that. <laughs> it's so hard to get uh, what I and 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 someday I really hope that it'll be easier for the younger people to find um, what do you call this um, literature in what I. It'll be easier for people to get a hold of literature in Warai. And I hope like a lot of um, especially learned people mm. back home mm-hmm. try to write a lot of literary works in Warai Warai. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. I want I want I want our la- language to flourish and I want our yeah. children to be proud of of, of the language as well, bro. Yeah, that's true. Wow, that's true. Wait, um yeah. This is a very deep rabbit hole, to be honest. Uh, and it touches. <laughs> I'm so passionate about the language, though I'm so naive and novice about it too. But then, yeah, I think it all starts there. The spark starts there. Um, yeah, I, I really, I want my children to to speak what I, even if they are outside of uh, the Philippines, outside of Tacloban, outside of Eastern Visayas. So I'm just gonna, I don't know. I, I I'd like to have copy of that book maybe later in the after <laughs> in the show notes you can tell me i mean after after this recording uh, so i can at least brush up on my what i i'm yeah i feel i think i'm shrinking because of the thought that my vocabulary is really poor to be honest vocabulary is yeah poor. uh yeah yeah with the uh, things i can find on the internet i can send that link to you bro so yeah we already we already transitioned from of course uh, your lawyering um, um, profession, and then your hair, your tattoos, and then uh, eventually you were already talking about performances and whatever. So, could we touch up on the part of of being a rapper and how did this mix to the whole picture of of you? Uh, how were you able to give it time, and where did you even get the thought of okay, I'm just gonna, I'm I'm gonna do this. I want to be a rapper. All right. Um, I think I first discovered rap. Um, when I was super young, uh, I used to listen to a lot of radio when I was young. Uh, we had no TV back then. We only had we only got a TV when I was already in the fourth grade. So it was just a lot of radio, radio stations. Usually, you know, um, the people in your house they're the ones who operate the radio. You just listen along, right? Of course, like you know, radio stations they tend to play uh, songs that are you know popular. They tend to play it more, right? So I learned. I guess to appreciate certain types of songs, which during back then I didn't know were related. So I remember I liked a lot of Shaggy and you know uh, Fido Dido, the Sprite yeah. guy. You know, yeah, he yeah. had a lot of the yeah, hip hop influences, right? Yes, yes, yes. Um, it's a lot of art related to hip hop that right. I liked as well when mm-hmm. I was younger. Um, but um. I knew that I liked hip hop when I was in the third or fourth grade. That's the time I, you know, we listened to a lot of boy bands, right? A lot yeah. of boy bands. Mm-hmm. It was Backstreet Boys. Yeah. Um, what else? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely Backstreet Boys. And in the Backstreet Boys, you know, they were, you know, uh, packaged a certain type of way, each guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I related to AJ because yeah. I guess he was the most hip hop out of everyone. Yeah. yeah, yeah. His Correct. hair, the way mm-hmm. he dressed. Yeah, you yeah. know, I was attracted to that kind of, you know, that mm-hmm. a certain look and the way he carried himself. Mm. So I was also already listening to a lot of rap. Mm-hmm. Um, although not purely by choice, it was still 
on Mix. Yeah. I mean, mix, not Mix. MTV. MTV. So, um, yeah. So it was Bone Thugs on MTV. Bone Thugs and Harmony. Yeah. So when I was in the fifth grade, I think this music shop opened in Tacloban. Which one? Mr. Speaker. Mr. Speaker. The one Uh in Dynasty. Uh Aha. Yes, 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 yes. This place was right in front of my mother's office. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, when I was younger, I used to go to my mother's office to ask for mm-hmm. allowance, you know, mm-hmm. everything school related. Yeah, I had to yeah, buy yeah. stuff for school. Mm-hmm. And then when she would give me money, bro, I would go across the street and buy tapes. <laughs> like I'd spend all of my money on tapes. And back then, of course, I didn't know which artist to listen to, right? Yeah. I just based it off the cover art. Mm-hmm. So if it had skulls, and it had marijuana leaves, bro. Um, I was gonna buy that. <laughs> so I listened to a lot of Tupac, Bone Thugs, uh-huh. yeah. Cypress Hill, you know. And those were my my first influences when it came to rap. So I memorized a lot of their songs. I would it was a good thing I didn't destroy our radio by mm-hmm. like, you know yeah, rewind. playing and rewind, playing and rewind. And uh, I was yeah. writing what I heard. Yeah, 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 you know? yeah. And I was memorizing them mm-hmm. on on paper, bro. So that's how it started. Um, I guess during uh, elementary years, I'd perform during Christmas parties. Yeah. And I guess the teachers weren't really, you know, ready or they weren't even aware of what I was talking about. I was rapping a lot of Tupac in a uh-huh. Catholic yeah. Christmas party, bro. I didn't think they'd understand. So... You know, looking back, yeah, they let me do that. They let me do that. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So uh-huh. in high school, um, again, you know, um, looking back, it was probably a long. It took me longer to embrace hip hop because I didn't even know what hip hop was, but I already was inclined to listening to a lot of it, a lot of rap, you know. Uh, I had no older brothers. A lot of my cousins were like way older than me. Mm-hmm. And of course, they weren't into hip hop. They were they were metalheads. They had mm-hmm. long hair. They listened to a lot of metal. Mm-hmm. And for me, I didn't like that during during um when I was uh when I was a kid, I didn't like metal, bro. I was like, mm, yeah. nah, that's not my thing. Mm-hmm. Hip hop. I, mean, I, I didn't even, even know it was hip hop, right? Mm-hmm. So in high school, I had a classmate. Um, we were cleaning the classroom after school, right? Yeah. I heard him rap. He was rapping. I was so impressed. This was the first time I ever met a hip hop head. So I was happy. We were vibing. He rapped. I rapped. That's how we became friends, bro. We didn't even talk about... We didn't even mm. talk first, bro. Mm. He, he was just rapping and I'd rap after him. You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, with lyrics that we just memorized. Yeah, yeah. So that started it. Um, we performed in school fairs. You mm-hmm. know, yeah. Science month, math month, yeah. English month. We'd yeah. be on stage, you know. And uh, during that time, we just perform songs that we'd memorize, right? Mm-hmm. And then the turning point for me, uh, I remember, remember this was in in Leyte High. This group performed. Mm-hmm. Um, we performed first and this group was last. This was like a battle of the bands thing. So yeah. it was a lot of metalheads right now yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah, yeah. hardcore. We were the only hip-hop guys there, or so I thought, right? 
Yeah. This group comes in La Familia. Uh-huh. They were all dressed. Yeah. They were all all dressed like you know super good, bro. They were yeah. wearing fubu. Yeah. yeah. Um, one of them had corn rolls. Uh huh. Like, I was so impressed, and they were rapping in Warai. Yes. Yes. Bulus. I was like bulus. I'm like that. Yeah. That I want to do that. I can do that too. Like I can do that. Like I can write my own rhymes. Me. Mm-hmm. <sighs> That started it, bro. I tried to get with them, you know. I tried to talk to them, and then that started it. We performed in clubs, and we were writing our own songs. And you know, basically, those guys opened my eyes uh-huh. to the f- like the possibility of me being able to write my own lyrics. Yeah, yeah. And you know, it's a uh, been a long journey now. I started um, writing in 2004. Yeah. How long has it been, bro? <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. So every every year, you know, you're trying to find ways to, you know, level up. 18 so, years. 18 years. Yeah. <laughs> year debut. Long year. time. Long time, bro. <laughs> That's a lot of money too, bro. Yeah, yeah. You said yeah. you mentioned in the backstage that it's an expensive hobby. Why do you why do you say that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um So right, I I right now um, at this point I treat it like a like an expensive hobby because um, I never expect myself to you know enter the mainstream, be a mainstream rapper, like people be famous and all that, bro. Mm. Because of what I'm trying to do, I want to be rapping in Warai. I mm. rap in English too, like a lot of I have a lot of English songs, but mm. I want to focus more on the Warai. Yeah. Uh, songs and you know it's very hard because um, we are a minority in the Philippines. Like only mm. a few people speak Warai and understand Warai. Mm. Another thing is um, Eastern Visayas isn't really that like updated with like social media. Out of the total population in Eastern Visayas, out of the total population of people who understand Warai, I think it's like. Uh, Super minority, bro. Like about mm-hmm. less than 10% percent mm-hmm. of of people who who live there, people mm-hmm. who understand the Warai, mm-hmm. use social media, use even even use YouTube or Spotify, mm-hmm. bro. Like mm-hmm. we only get like 90 plays back home, but mm-hmm. in QC we get like 500 plays, yeah, even yeah. if they don't understand it, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, that's why I'm saying that. It's an expensive hobby because you know it takes a lot of resources to mm-hmm. even be moving like this to like mm-hmm. to buy beats. You have to pay for that. Yeah. Um. To record. Um. Yeah. You know, I have my own home studio. My mm-hmm. groupmates have their own home studios, but uh, like me, I want to record all of my songs now professionally. Mm-hmm. Uh, with people, with professional people, you know, handling yeah. the engineering and the mixing of the songs, so yeah. we have to pay for that as well. Um, we wanna, you know, step up uh, with the level of music videos that come out of the whole region of mm-hmm. Eastern Visayas. So you know, that takes a lot of money as well. Yeah. It's very expensive to make music videos, the mm-hmm. production, everything, mm-hmm. everything that we do, you have to spend a lot of money for. Um, the reason being, we're a first. Usually, we're a first, bro. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it's very hard to get corporate sponsorships for mm -hmm. you know they know that the product is going to be understood by only a minority of the whole philippines mm -hmm. so it's very yeah. hard to get sponsorship that's why i'm putting my money in this because like music is being immortal bro once you put yeah. it out it's gonna be there forever like for um the younger people to eventually mm. appreciate i'm this is so romantic of me mm. uh thinking that down the line like some young kid eventually discovers my music and gets inspired like yo i can do this too like yeah that. just that that just that thought uh keeps me going you know um and, and this and this idea was sparked because of my songs personally like uh, i have songs which i recorded back in 06 07 during that time there were no listeners bro like only a handful of my friends even listened to my music yeah. so you'd you'd see it you'd see it in the place right um but during that time youtube wasn't as popular because it's very mm. expensive you mm. have to go to internet cafes to even mm. you know play youtube right so uh it's a lot of they download the song in usbs yes and play it in their own houses and like yes. they your music gets shared through usbs and they yeah. burn cds of your songs yeah. you know mm -hmm. offline so it took a long time bro eventually I learned that a lot of the a lot of my youngest brothers classmates mm -hmm. were seven years apart. They're listening to my song. They memorize all my songs. Nice. Bro. That's crazy, right? Like a seven yeah. year gap. Yeah. And maybe it took ten years for people to appreciate my music. It takes that long for mm -hmm. people to discover and appreciate your stuff, right? When I learned about it, I was more inspired that people like my music so you know i want to keep going i wanted to double mm -hmm. i want to double up you know i want to do a lot of a lot of songs and you know make it more professional looking yeah do a lot of music videos because eventually it'll find the person who right needs to listen to it bro correct and and just just uh yesterday i stumbled like a friend of mine sent me a link. Mm -hmm. There's another podcast. Uh, it's a Warai Warai podcast, bro. Mm -hmm. Warai Warai Hip Hop pod podcast. Yeah. So this guy, uh, his name is GG Mac 100. He's probably one of the best rappers out in Tacloban right now. Young guy. Um, uh, there are only a handful of rappers in Tacloban. Mm -hmm. that I'm really impressed with. And this guy is probably at the top of the list. And I was listening to the whole thing. Three hours, bro. Yeah. And he mentions me as his top five number one. He really? says that right. when he heard uh, this certain song of mine, it inspired mm -hmm. him to even write, start mm -hmm. writing, bro. And I'm like, if I can inspire people who first listen to my song to eventually become as good as this guy this guy's a beast when it comes to yeah. writing bro he's a beast and you know um i make it a point not to uh what do you call this be a kuya in the yes industry. yes i don't like that i don't like that i don't wanna yeah, yeah. i don't no wanna gatekeep i don't wanna gatekeep i mm -hmm. don't wanna be that guy who's like i'm number one and you mm -hmm. have to go under me you have to go through me i don't want to be that guy it's like that's not me that's why i even started recording my songs because i don't want to go through that back yeah. in the day because mm -hmm. you know that's you know i think that's sure. the 
usual progression like you yeah. want to be a rapper you have to suck up to people blah 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 yeah, yeah. I, i don't like that and these kids they did it on their own they discovered it on their own right yeah and eventually they became beasts these these kids are better than me at writing they it's crazy bro like the progression that uh what i what i rap mm-hmm. has gone through mm-hmm up to this point it's it's like super amazing personally a lot of these rappers from Tacloban can eat rappers here in Luzon if we only understood each other like right. you can rap in Waray but i can understand mm-hmm. you perfectly i think that they'd be better than a lot of rappers who are famous in 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 Luzon in NCR in Manila because these guys are super technical mm-hmm. they got their knowledge down they got their vocabs down mm-hmm. and you know it takes a lot of work to even yeah. Um, get to that point of writing, bro. It doesn't get taught in school. You don't have resources, right? I'm um, like I was telling you, you can't find books that easy. So these guys, like me, found it on their own. They yeah. studied it on their own. Um, and these guys, they didn't come to me mm-hmm. like kuya, like kuya, yeah, mm-hmm. big bro. Pwede mo ba magrap? Like I hate that, bro. <laughs> Personally, I hate that. Like, and and I discovered these guys organically as well. Like, you know, we be up mm-hmm. in, um, we'd be sharing music of each other, and then learned about their music too. Like, got my mind blown. Like, yo, these guys are level up, and every year they level up crazy. Mm-hmm. And you know, me being the old guy now, right? I'm yeah. the probably I'm the oldest rapper still rapping. Yeah, like. Like we counted 18 years, so I'm 18 years active. I'm still active. I'm not. I was a rapper. I'm a rapper. I still rap. Mm-hmm. I still. I still put out music. And to even be doing that uh, at the same time at the as these guys do mm-hmm. to the point that we're already making songs. And it's not forced, bro. Like when we collab, it's not forced. Like mm-hmm. it's not. It's not me taking advantage of their shine. Like yo, this guy's famous yeah. or this guy's good. I want to make a song with him or the other way around like he's famous he's a legend i want to yeah. make a song with him it's organic bro when we meet like yo let's i want to do a song with you but you know as rappers you got a certain pride blah 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 yes we we go through that stage of the pride thing and smelling each other see i think two minutes bro mm-hmm. it's like uh it's so easy to work with people that you admire yeah like Um, like you honestly admire, and yeah. you're not afraid to to them about it. Like me, I'm super proud of these guys. Like even you know there is a there's this side of rap that you know you get intimidated. Yes, you get yes. you know yeah. you got negative energy towards people who think are gonna own you. It's like eventually yeah. this guy's gonna be more famous than me, or this guy's gonna yeah. be greater than me, and we're gonna get compared. But me. The first time I saw these guys and heard these guys, I'm like, I can quit now. I can like rap is in good hands. Oh like, great, man! I was like super. I was super happy that there are guys who are on a level that I'd like, like what I want a hip hop to be at or more. Yeah. It's like if if I stop making music, this this music, this what I want a music movement, whatever, it's gonna continue. It's gonna be leveling up. Amazing. more and more oh great i'm so happy i mean wow i didn't even know that bro i'm sorry these, i'm so far away are... i don't know these things exist but there there's a steering inside of me like oh my god you, i'm gonna you... let I'm, i'm gonna send you links to 
each and every yeah. one of these guys' music, bro. Like, oh, uh, nice, I'm telling you, uh, I don't know if this is kind of uh, what do you what do you call that? Um, let's not say stupid, like stupid, not stupid, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the thought of me thinking that these guys, that these rappers are like a cut above beyond mm -hmm. people who actually study yeah, yeah. the language like people who who, who do it yeah, yeah, yeah. through the universities so i yeah. think what these guys put out mm -hmm. is light years beyond what people who study it could ever put out yeah like i can make that comparison easy yeah. because yeah. i've read some you know liter published yeah, yeah. literary works in mm. warai mm. by people who studied it for like four to eight years oh. you know professionally do yeah. this you know but these guys yeah, yeah like yeah. me like, I'm, I'm just gonna be um to give you a point of comparison me I think I'm a good warai rapper mm. but my process is this bro usually from English to warai mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like I'm not uh I, I write like a non-native speaker. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Usually yeah. ideas in English and then mm -hmm. I try to mm -hmm. translate it to what I bro. Yeah. That's how that's that's how I, I do it. That's how I've mm. been doing it. Mm. But if you listen to these guys, like how they construct sentences, how they make similes and metaphors, these things are fresh, bro. Like you will never ever read these um uh, lines from any book. Yeah. Or, you know, you can never find an English translation for certain lines because, you know, these were made from a Warai's perspective. Fresh, mm -hmm. bro. Um, mm -hmm. That's why I'm, I'm saying that, you know, what these guys write, what these guys put out beyond what people who are studying the language yeah. uh, will ever produce, bro. Basically, uh, you're saying they think in Warai, they speak in Warai, they write in Warai. No other yeah. translation needed. It's just it's exactly, so raw. Bro. It's it's the walkie talk. Come on, it, this is it. If you if you want to hear this music, this was not derived from any other foreign influence. It's 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 what you see in daily life, and it goes it goes as this. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, and and and, and like to be able to listen to these guys is like refreshing. It's inspiring. It's inspired me, mm -hmm. you know, to like pursue and like. Mm -hmm try to create a lot of warai songs as well mm, wow so it's a constant progression you like yeah. if ever if ever they got inspired by me mm -hmm. to even start mm -hmm. these guys definitely inspired me to continue and yeah. you know amazing uh yeah. take it up yeah. another level so yeah with music right now since we're in manila we're just trying to you know get the language on the map around the philippines so you know i think it's it's really not as prevalent you know that even even the awareness of mm -hmm. there is a warai mm -hmm. language a warai dialect that's mm -hmm. existent in the philippines bro mm -hmm. i think you know that notion isn't even um yeah. out there if you go to other places like what, what what's what i mm -hmm. that? Yeah. Yes, yes yes right so we just want to you know eventually yeah. get to the point that ah that's yeah. what i even if yeah, you just you know yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. speak and they they hear yeah you're what I I wanna mm. I wanna bring it to that level um, and you know in the music scene I want uh, rappers from all over the country to recognize there's a what I what I rap music scene Maybe. even just that even just that that's why yeah. we make music videos at on the level or even at you know higher level than what's usually put out in Luzon. Mm -hmm.
Amazing. Wow, it's a it's an it's an artistic revolution in a way. Wow. Um yeah yeah yeah. Uh for comparison. Yeah. Um we have a Waray Waray song. Mm -hmm. uh, the song is called Kalayo. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's done by my group Agaron. Mm -hmm. um, Agaron means boss in Waray. Yes, yes, yes. And you know, we try to, you know, keep up with yes. that name, you know, doing boss moves here in Manila mm -hmm. using mm -hmm. the Waray Waray language. So what did we do with that song? That song we made a music video with Maria Ozawa as the leading lead lady. Maria Ozawa. So, you know Maria Ozawa? You don't know Maria Ozawa. Come on, bro. Ah, <laughs> Right, right, right. Okay. Maria Ozawa. Okay, uh, let's Legend. just for the listeners. Legend. Just look at Legend. <laughs> Everyone should know her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you don't, you're pretending. Okay. You're right. pretending right. not to know about her. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, people know her, right? So we got her mm -hmm. as the lead in the music video. Imagine our Iwarai song mm -hmm. with Maria Ozawa. Fire. Alayo is fire. Yes, yes, yes. Kalayo means fire. So, yeah, yes, we're talking about fire yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Steamy. Yeah. The steamiest. What a twist. <laughs> so, you have to look that up. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, this song, bro, the production budget was like mad expensive. Mm -hmm. Even record labels in Manila won't shell out that much mm -hmm. the way we did the production. We yeah. shot the music video in Okada. Yes, yes. We rented this room. It's called the Manila Base Suite. Cost 150,000 pesos a night. A night. A night. All We're not right. talking about Manila Oz Maria Ozawa's uh, professional fee yet. We're yeah. not talking about the professional fee of the director, which is hella solid. Yeah. It's one of the biggest, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. production, music video production outfit yeah, yeah. coming out of the Philippines. Oh, man. So, you know, when we're when we when we when we say that we're trying to get this up yes, another yes, level, yes. we mean it, bro. Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah. When we had this yeah. song, uh, we shopped it around. Uh, yes, yes, we yes. tried to get uh, a record label to sign us. Mm -hmm. Imagine this: Waraiwarai dialect, mm. Maria Ozawa, Waraiwarai language, Maria Ozawa, and you're trying to get signed by a record label. Mm -hmm. So we mm -hmm. talked to a lot of labels, you know, we weighed out the deals that they were ready with. Mm -hmm. And then we were so blessed that uh, Agaron is the first mm -hmm. Waray Waray rap group to be signed by the biggest record label in the country, Viva Records, Viva. bro. Amazing, we man. Got signed, we got signed by Viva. First You're ever really Waray Waray big. rap group. Amazing. Did it big, bro. And uh, during uh, we launched the music video, in mm -hmm. House Manila, yeah. Um, so one of the premier clubs here in the Philippines, mm -hmm. top-notch event. Uh, we got the biggest rappers to perform there to mm -hmm. open up for us. We got CLR, we got mm -hmm. X Battalion, and yeah. mm -hmm. we got Maria Debelich. Um, Maria mm -hmm. Debelich is one of our artists, one of Agaron's artists. We write mm -hmm. for her, we produce music for her. Mm -hmm. She is Croatian. She's Croatian. a Croatian mm -hmm. um, beauty queen uh -huh. and singer and dancer. You know what? Uh, that's interesting. I think I'm going to have to invite her in this podcast too for another perspective because she is yeah, our I neighbor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if I you could. I think you should, bro. Um, yeah, why not, bro? She's, uh, she's definitely an interesting girl, bro. She's, uh, she's well-educated. Um, she's very talented. 
She's very beautiful and she's business savvy as well. I'd, I'd like to know more about this person. It, it rings a bell to me, especially because um, from where I am now, um, I also have a lot of Croatian friends, to be honest. And I my perspective of wanting to know it is how is she dealing? I mean, how is she how is she living in the Philippines with all of this? What attracted her there? You know, how, how, how she got wraps with you guys? I mean, you know, so yeah, that's, that's just a side quest <laughs> but i have that in my head imagine oh my god i know you from elementary and this is your level now oh we try to you know yeah always try to step up yeah so yeah cool. yeah that's what we're doing with music and um recently we, like we said uh like uh what we did with maria debelich um mm. we now ventured into writing and producing for other artists as well mm -hmm. We look for mm -hmm. artists who we mm -hmm. think will fit yeah. Uh, yeah. What, with what we're trying to do now and, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, work with them as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I don't know if, if there is any help I could, could do for you guys since I'm also passionate about, you know, the being a custodian of heritage and whatever. I'm in the web dev kind of uh, industry. Um, social media, something like that. Maybe I could help you guys get into, get an app with a direct notification to users just to make things a lot easier for yeah, Maybe we could, bro. we could do some collaboration. But I'm really very surprised and amazed and proud at the same time that, wow, you, you guys have been trailblazing all this time and look at what you've been able to do. And, and for me, it's really forget about the record labels, forget about all of this, you know, celebrities you get into. But the, the, the main thought that you said, the immortality aspect of having other artists grow from what you have started, from the spark you left, the light you're still, you know, waving <laughs> in the wilderness, that people will see it and they will say, nah, I can, I can do that too. Imagine your story listening to La Familia in Leite High. This, this is really now becoming vivid for me. You looking at the stage and say, those guys have survived. I can do it too. And then this kid's listening to your tape and then that guy's nice. I, I can do that too. It's just, it's just a domino effect. And who knows where we will arrive from here. But I'm so excited for you guys that it might take time. It's just a matter of when. But when that time comes, it's going to compound. And it's just, I'm a little lost for words because I think I'd like to be there. I'd like to see that. I'd like to see this community grow. <laughs> that, would, that would be nice. I mean, the literature part of things. I, I, I would say, but I, I still think that it is even literature in a way, you know, you know, uh, music, rap and whatever. It is, bro. It yes, is. Yes, yes, it is. Um, I think, yeah, you are right. This is this is one road to immortality. Uh, I'm so happy. I'm so glad. I'm looking here at the time as well for the recording. It's two hours and 15 minutes, but it seemed like we were just talking five minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> that's true that's true yeah I, I, yeah 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 i like talking about these things bro it's like i rarely get the chance to talk about these things to anybody yeah to yeah, anybody. yeah yeah um and on my end uh rest assured that i'm gonna do my best to let this be heard um internationally um uh, that's that's also because to be honest if, if you ask me um it it was kind of I was nitpicking on who I would. I was trying to cherry pick from the list of people I know. It's just that the, the, the funny thing is that um, you only know them from a version of themselves 
before. So it's always a big surprise when you see them now. And then every single one of you who came here, ah, just, oh, Lord, you just bring me something new. And I, I said this in the first um, episode of this podcast that this is actually my gift to my kids. Um, I want them to be around people who are serial dream catchers, who are, uh, like I would say, heritage uh, people, custodians of the Waray language, the culture, and everything else that interests me. And now I was like, wow, this is, this is a nice journey. I'd, I'd like them to share that too. And thanks. Yeah. I mean, for happy. Great. Well, yeah, yeah. Thank you for having me, bro. This is uh, this is a very exciting platform, bro. Like, uh, I'm excited with to see all of the people uh, you get to talk with. And yeah. I'm excited for the next guy. Uh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> like um, when you said that, you know, you only you only know people from like how yes. you knew them back yes. then, right? Yes. Yo. Um, me and Angelo, we still talk. We still talk a lot um, yeah. over Instagram, and I sometimes get to uh, watch him live when he goes live on Kumu. Uh, oh, okay. If, if you think that the Maria Ozawa thing we did was big, wait till you hear his stories, bro. It's like oh. he's on another level. That oh, guy, that man. guy is on another level too. I would say he better be because I'm going to wake up at 7 a.m., 6 a.m. tomorrow to talk to him. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Time yeah. difference. Time difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a different <laughs> part of the world. Oh, man. Okay. Now that gets me excited. That gets me so stoked. Whew. I'm a, it's, it's amazing. I mean, just to be honest, I, I still need to produce this. This is a one-man kind of studio thingy with some consultants. But... I'm so excited every single time somebody comes onto the show because there's just something new. There's just something new. Even your philosophy of this researching uh, immortality, the tattoos, it's just, wow. It's just a salad of dreams. I like it so much. <laughs> oh, that's exact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, of course, you know, when you were there, you were experiencing it during that time when I was still reading, like, bro, um, reading about demon names and, and like nasty shit like that. Yeah. And you experience for real what it means to learn about them. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's why I stopped. You like yeah, 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 yeah. these things create energy yeah. that you wouldn't even think about uh you wouldn't even imagine but you know everything you do out here even what you think about even even just thinking about things mm -hmm. bro it's energy and these energies they attract yeah they things or people mm -hmm. or whatever right so that's when i you know i you know it it it, it etched into my mind that anything you want to do you can do it anything you set your mind into mm -hmm. you can do it uh with everything that i've been doing so far especially with like things related to music who from back home would have thought that a rapper will ever become a lawyer and while he was a lawyer he would have a music video with maria ozawa <laughs> like yo that's that's on some different different type of you know you can't ever like you can't ever imagine that yeah. even if you are a writer and yeah. that's happening that's hap that happened in real life so anything is possible now especially especially 
if you want to do something and you want to achieve something and the only problem is the resources the money the money mm -hmm. exactly um if your problem is money you want to do something you want to achieve something great you want to mm -hmm. achieve something big and the only hurdle that you see is money meaning um if you had the resources the money you had skill you had talent you had you have time to achieve that like if people give you money they fund you or whatever way you find that uh mm -hmm. financial support to achieve whatever you're trying to do if your only problem is money it's possible bro like anything is possible in this world amen yeah i i i, I attest to that wow what a fulfill fulfilling experience yeah all right anyway <laughs> i have to digest this all <laughs> it's like i'm talking to a different person to be honest yes i i mean i, I know what i'm getting at i mean i know that these people are not the same people i i would I, my friends they have grown it's just that it's just unimaginable for me and i like this when it's it's unpredictable so thanks i am so happy Bef before we wrap this all up um i'd like to ask where can people find you to hear your music or your group or whatever where can people find you do you have a link do you have an instagram uh, social or I, what's the yeah, best yeah. way to reach you so like i said um with the music, um, uh, it has been a long time since I was doing this. So I, ha I have a lot of songs out on the internet in different places. So right now I'm releasing music on Spotify. You can, sp you can find me on Spotify. Uh, you can search Dead Key, mm -hmm. D-E-A-D-K-E-Y, Dead Key. Um, you can find my songs there. I think I have like uh, probably 10 songs on Spotify uh, right now. I also have songs on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com. You can search for Dead Key. On Spotify, you can uh, also search for uh, the name of my group, Agaron, A-G-A-R-O-N. Agaron, we have two songs on Spotify already. Uh, we also have songs on YouTube. You can also search for Dead Key on YouTube, Dead Key and Warai. Mm -hmm. Those are the keywords. Um, you will find that a lot of Dead Key songs are uploaded from way back 2008 by different oh. people, like people who find my music and then they uploaded it themselves on the internet. Amazing. Whoa, you have yeah, a disciple. <laughs> you have disciples all around it. Yeah, and, and you know, for me, I don't hate that ever because I never intended to get into music for money, ever. Like, mm -hmm. I didn't ever think of uh, mm -hmm. music as a money-making thing, bro. Mm -hmm. So I'm not even worried about that. I'm not worried about people uploading my, my songs. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, me, I appreciate everyone who even mm -hmm. listens to my, my, my music. So yeah, yeah, uh, Dead Key on... Spotify, Agaron on Spotify, Dead Key on YouTube, Agaron on YouTube. My Instagram is mm -hmm. personal. I don't have an artist Instagram. Yeah. Uh, it's YoungKeezy053. So mm -hmm. everything I do, like yeah. normally, like a normal guy, you know, I share it there on Instagram. Yeah. My Facebook yeah. is my real name, Kim David Obeas. Mm -hmm. yeah. I share my music, I share my activities, you know, my businesses on um yeah. my social medias like there mm -hmm. isn't really a difference between what i do yeah. professionally and what i do as an artist awesome i'm I'm gonna 
just make it here because I think I can compile all of your stuff. I'm just going to look it up. And yeah, it's because of the technology that I know. But uh, for our listeners, if you would like to access his material, which is going to be in the show notes anyway, but I'm just going to put it into one simple uh, um, link. Link? It's going to be yeah. uh, I, can, I can use that to share. Yeah, yeah. My it's going to be <laughs> TDC, uh, Tango Delta Charlie. It's the dreamcatcher dot. Quest. It's this Q U E S T slash dead key. D A D K E Y. Is that it? Yeah. So um, the moment you hear this podcast when it's published in the future, <laughs> um, you can access everything that he uh, that Kim has, and then that's it. Um, you can connect with him. Just don't please um, hostage him somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't hesitate to like uh, you know. Uh, talk to me on social media. Um, yeah. Anything, anything under the sun, you can ask yeah. me about music. You know, even even you know, if you need professional yeah, legal yeah. advice, you can hit me up. That's that's not yeah, yeah, yeah. that's not a big deal. You know? Amazing. Now I I remember the 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 last thing before we go, like really before we go seriously. Um, now I remember that there's this thing called the National Artists uh, something in the Philippines. And I think you would already fit with the Alagad ng Sining. <laughs> I don't even art. know about that, bro. Alagad ng Sining. I, I don't know what Alagad in English would be. Like disciple of art? or Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Disciple, yeah. Yeah, disciple of art. Wow. That would be a very big thing. I, I'm not sure how it's um, how all these things will pan out, but I think you're in that trajectory already. So happy, man. So happy for I you. I don't even know about that, but yeah, uh, you know, I'm just trying to represent the culture, yeah. being Warai, and being a creative in general, bro. Like you can you can do all of the things that you want to do all of this all at the same time professionally your art you know everything that you want to do you can you can do it all at the same time mm-hmm. maybe you're not gonna be a master of any of them right mm-hmm. because uh of course you have to focus on some things in life as well yeah. but yeah it's possible to achieve your dreams even if they seem super impossible or maybe society tells you that you know it's it's not feasible or it's very expensive to go that route you know you have to conform mm-hmm. so you can live your life freely nah bro you can do anything you want you just got to find that balance and you know i think you got to find the the reason why you want to do it in the first place because sometimes you know you need a deeper why in doing anything that you do and to you know have longevity in whatever you're trying to do amazing wow that's that's it feels like a graduation uh <laughs> like a graduation like a graduation <laughs> speech oh <laughs> uh, yeah all right i think yeah i think this was us um thanks man um yeah i'm just gonna keep in touch with you and then yeah i'll see each other in the future and good luck in your endeavors. Yes, sir. Have a nice day. Yes, sir. Like him. Thanks. Thanks, bro. And there you have it. Thanks for listening to another episode of Dreamcatcher Quest. And please don't forget to subscribe to get notified of new episodes and get inspired to make your dreams a reality. If you enjoy this episode, it would mean the whole world to me if you could rate and review Dreamcatcher. And to be always in the loop, please visit our website at my.dreamcatcher.quest. So thanks again, and I'll see you next time. Happy dream catching.